You're listening to the One of Us.net Podcast Network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hooray! Delicious Volume 1, Life Tastes Good, is finally at Amazon United States. What is delicious, you ask? Imagine a land where all your favorite foods live as human girls. Here in charming a la carte, under the floating city of heavenly delight, we meet Ramen, a young cook trying to run a restaurant with her family of pastas as they end up in all sorts of wacky adventures and hijinks as these strong, eccentric characters pursue their dreams and passions. Delicious is a beautifully drawn comedy series, which is now finally available to buy in the United States. Click on the banner on one of us, order today, and join in the fun now, because Delicious Volume 2, Yum Yum Yum, is coming really soon. A perfect gift for your child, or those of you who are forever young at heart. One of us strongly recommends this one. It's Christmas time, you know what that means. It's time for some brutally violent Christmas movies. I mean, it really is the best part of the season. Oh, we were talking about movies? I just thought you meant holidays in general. Oh, man. Have you been to my family during the holidays? Did, did we watch Santa Slay? Is that what we did? No. Is this a review for Santa Slay 2? You know, there are so many brutally violent Christmas movies. It's Hell a, yeah. I literally have a book that's an encyclopedia of them, and there's hundreds of them. I like, will not even messing around. <laughs> ask to borrow that book once I return I, the comic you loaned me. <laughs> I'm actually shocked that there isn't one called Violent Night already, unless I've missed it, which is very possible. You know, there very well could be out I there somewhere. I guarantee there's a 70s, early 80s Yeah, or there's some movie. like schlock video company. Yeah. Somebody must... I mean, it's too obvious, right? right? Violent Night, Silent Night. But now we have one that's a big Hollywood release that's called Violent Night, which will now forever own the name, and I presume after seeing it, the franchise. There could be a uh, there could be a franchise here, yes. Yeah, uh, I gotta admit, right off the bat, I really like David Harbour, and the idea of casting him as a sort of like grumpy Santa Claus, and I don't mean like guy who works in a store, I mean he's actually Santa Claus, but he's like kind of a drunk, and he's just kind of sick of the whole thing, because nobody's grateful anymore, is just genius casting. It's like he was born to play that. I mean, if you want Sheriff Dad Bod Hopper crossed with Santa Claus while playing John McClane, then I've got the movie for you. <laughs> yes, yes. Do I do I want Santa Claus like John Wick slash Archer episode I never saw? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> Produced by one of the John Wick producers and directed by the guy who did the Fucking Dead Snow series. So like, really, Mayhem and Snow, we've got you covered. Oh, totally. And so. Violent Night ended up being pretty much, I think, exactly what it sells itself as in the trailer. Is that a good or a bad thing for you? Well, you're about to find out from our review at least what we thought about it. I'm Chris, and joining me is... Tessa! Marco! 
and Alan. So, as point out, you said Tommy Workola, who did the Dead Snow movies, among other other films. Hansel and Gretel. Hansel Witch and Hunters. Gretel Witch Hunters. That's yes, my low key. That's my jam. It's very underrated. I know, I know how you feel about it. I, I actually liked it much better the second time. So maybe give it another try. I don't know. Anyway, we, this movie starts. See David Harbour in a bar, very drunk, full Santa Claus outfit. Everyone's kind of like, haha, that's cute. Yeah. Cause he keeps talking about things in terms of like as if he was actually Santa Claus. And everyone's like, you know, you'd be kind of like, all right, dude, it's you're like, off. This guy's work. really committing to the bit. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but then it's made clear to both them and the audience very quickly. Oh, wait. He actually is Santa Claus as he takes off from the roof drunkenly with the, the actual, you know, sleigh with the reindeer and what have you. So he's going around doing his Christmas bit, albeit, like I said, a little bit on the toasty side. And he ends up at this one house, this rich people's house, and it turns out that these rich people are just been held hostage by a group of terrorists who are there because apparently in the house somewhere is $300 million, and they are there for it. And there's a whole team of these guys who all have adopted Christmas names. Yeah, you know, little call code signs. names. Call signs. Yeah, yeah e- exactly. And they're led by the very gravelly-voiced John Leguizamo, who hates Christmas more than anybody, and he, in fact, his call sign is Scrooge. Fucking king cats. (laughs) But inside the house, you've got the the patriarch, Beverly D'Angelo, Gertrude Lightstone, who is just a, made clear, horrible, horrible person. Um, And she makes her kids, like, fight to suck up to her. Uh, most notably here, Alexis Louder plays Linda, who you might know her from uh, The Righteous Gemstone. She's playing the exact same part here. Oh, no. What's her name? Uh, Alexis Louder. Oh, no. I'm sorry. That's the wrong person. Uh, uh, is it Edie Patterson? Edie Patterson. That's yeah, yeah. Her, yeah. Right. Alexis Louder is Linda Matthews, who was previously married to the son of the family. Uh who, and they're separated, and they have a kid, and the kid is adorable. Classic Christmas stuff. Yeah. Why aren't mommy and daddy together anymore? E- exactly. Yeah. But well, The whole, please please make my parents get back together, even if it's bad for them and me. <laughs> Anyways, but, but we don't know what their deal is. Santa's like, unfo- in the unfortunate situation of in being in the house when realizing that, oh shit, there's terrorists in here, and also I'm having trouble getting the magic to work with the whole tapping his nose three times and going up the chimney. I assume it's being drunk makes him yeah. not be able to do it. And so he has realizes I I got to have to I'm going to have to fight just to get out of the house. But once he is and he sees the cute little girl through the window being held hostage that you know deep in his soul no matter how hard he, he tries how much he drinks he's still santa claus he's like this will not stand this yeah. aggression will not stand. She's, and she is we got to say she's on the nice list. Yeah, so she's like, on the nice she made the list. cut. He she's, has to do his, he has to do his duty. She's got a walkie. She's, you know, helping him through a tough time. She's basically the Sergeant Powell yeah. to his so John McClane. Awesome. I mean, this is very much like more than it takes from a lot of other movies, but Die Hard is the most obvious one. Voice out loud. Home Alone. They even mentioned it. Well, yeah, part of it, there's a, there's a specific sequence that references Home Alone in here in no uncertain terms, yeah. which is honestly like it's a, it's low hanging fruit and it's kind of cheap. But it works the same way that Sukins works in Home Alone, where, like, it's funny. Like, it works, yeah. even though it's cheap. You know all those times you thought Kevin McAllister was just, like, a, a raging sociopath for all the things he did to Joe Pesci and uh whatever that other guy's Dan, name was? Yeah, Dan, uh, uh, David Stern. David, David Dan Stern. Dan, yeah. Danny Stern. And... You ever thought, man, that would really actually kill somebody? Yeah, it, it does. does. Well, here it, it actually kills people. <laughs> to be fair, there's already two other Christmas movies that have 
played that game already. Oh, yeah. But uh, there's uh, uh, Better Watch Out, which mm-hmm. is one of my all-time favorite Christmas horror films. It's yeah. fun. And um, I forget the name of the other one. It's like it predated Home Alone. The, the French one. The French the French one. Yeah, I, I can never remember it because it literally has like six names. It's a yeah. weird... It has also, like two, title. five, six, pair Noel or Code yeah, Noel. It. Code Noel. So ultimately, like Santa's like... Like both, he's sort of losing the Christmas magic inside of himself because he's not believing. He's he's he stopped believing. Yeah, he started get disenchanted with all the greed and what have you out there. Uh, but you know he's still in his heart a good man, and he's going to try and fight his way through this. But what's saving him is really this little girl who you know basically gets to realize my parents are wrong. Santa Claus is real, and <laughs> I'm going to help him as much as I can. So it both has. You know, the very Christmassy aspects of Christmas movies going on here. It definitely wants that to be part of it. And then tons and tons and tons of brutal violence. <laughs> I think because yeah. he's like killing people with Christmassy wintry implements almost every single time, yeah. uh, with it, the exception of a bit where we get to find out about his past and who he was before he was Santa Claus. I want with, more of that. Yeah, I want more, want of, more that. of that. Uh, you know, which is kind of a Vikings type feel, oh, and yeah. that he liked big hammers. <laughs> so oh, trust me, a big hammer comes into it. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's it's funny. Like I think, well, two things. I think one, that's this movie's like, set this movie apart from a lot of. Oh, this is a horror Christmas or this is an action Christmas. It really leans into that Christmassy, like, you just gotta believe it's a Christmas spirit. It's like, even the score down to it, it's mm-hmm. like, has that real, like, almost like, um, like Miracle on 34th Street cheese <laughs> to it. Like, it's, it's really in there. And like, it's incredible that they're able to pull that off, which I think they do. That little girl's really good in it. And she like mm-hmm. sells that, like, Oh, I believe in Santa. And it's like cute. And then someone's getting their head just like bludgeoned or like, it's like insanely violent. It's not like they're pulling the punches on the violence. Like, no. oh, it's actiony. Uh, no, it is like a hard R violent movie. <laughs> yeah. And it's incredible that it not always manages to balance those two things, but it does it well enough that it's pretty impressive. It's got a lot of heart and, and, you know, some of them are pierced, but you know, it does have one. <laughs> yeah. Inside, outside, metaphorical, literal. Yeah. Hearts are, hearts are abound. And, you know, Santa actually does have magic to play with as well. He, it just doesn't usually lend itself to, you know, action situations, which is not a thing uh, he's had to deal with for a while. He well, has not to initially. improvise. He has to improvise and find a way to make it work as it goes along. But he's got his magic bag that you can pull gifts out of and stuff. So, and you know. I love he's like, I don't even know how it fucking works. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Like, they're he's just like, like just a throwaway him. line. He just says, I don't even know how this shit works. It just <laughs> does. Christmas magic? Shrug? Santa has an infinite ba- a bag of, you know, of holding and he can just grab whatever he wants and it's such a great gag that you just want them to use it even more honestly my favorite aspect of this whole thing is as the terrorists gradually start to themselves go shit i think this is actually (laughs) (laughs) that is the great thing you keep thinking oh that's gonna be the thing where like none of them are gonna believe them but at some point yeah they just see too much weird shit where they're like okay maybe this is you know and think about this. Imagine trying to go up against a guy who's thousands of years old and he knows what you wanted when you were five. Yeah, he knows He knows your fears. He knows when you're sleeping. He knows I mean, when if, you're shitting on the toilet. Like, he knows everything. Santa's a scary motherfucker. I, I, he knows way too much. He remembers that shit from a few decades back. Little stuff like that for every person on Earth. I'm 52 and I can't, I don't know where my keys are. Yeah, like... <laughs> Christmas magic. Yeah. Christmas magic. Um... 
Yeah, it's really interesting. Like, as soon as we get to kind of see his backstory, I was like, yes, I want more of this. God, I hope they make more. Because this is infinitely more entertaining than, uh, I want to say, like, okay, so like the film uh, franchise, like Jack Frost, you know, mm-hmm. where there's a lot of really fun Christmassy kills in that, which they're great. But like the... The, the snowman is a villain and it is just kind of goofy yeah. and and like you got ginger dead man and you got all these different like kind of schlocky uh that, that's uh, the thing it's well well worn mm-hmm. territory and a lot of it is really bad it's like yeah. just the pure novelty it's like oh violence and christmas ha 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 yeah but this one it's done well like yes. the violence yeah. and the christmas right i mean usually this is a very cynical cash grab it's like look we're just going to shit this out in time for a christmas release We'll make some money. Maybe if we're lucky, somebody will watch it on home video. For all of the cynical, you know, Chris just told us, you know, there's hundreds of these things. And most of them are fucking awful. But to Alan's point, yeah, they actually make an effort to make a fucking movie that actually deals with the Christmas mythos and takes it seriously and has fun with it. It never winks at you. It never it knows it's silly. But it's never like, you know, it's asking you to believe this, but also believe in a world where Santa can kick your ass. <laughs> you know, he's not bad Santa. This is badass Santa. <laughs> I love that. That's, that should be the uh, tagline for the poster. Uh, this isn't bad Santa. It's badass Santa. It's badass. Uh, I, yeah. I think for like the sequel, what I would like to see instead of him just happening to like fall into another scenario, like, you know, John McClane is like, after this year and this shit happening, he's like on a mission to go after people who are naughty to children. <laughs> like in the sequel, it's like he allots like a time slot in his schedule. Like, okay, I got two hours to fuck up some assholes. So basically, the- Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah. But yeah. think about it. He's Santa Claus. He's got 364 days to work around True. the holiday. Mm-hmm. True. And one would assume because it is like physically impossible in time for any guy to go to every house, even of just the nice people in the world. You know what? I take that back. It probably is possible these days. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a smaller list. It's a dwindling list. You know, if there's something that there is something that didn't really work for me in here, and I don't think we all agreed on this, but I really thought that the the first act, whenever it's not on David Harbor and it's with the family, mm-hmm. I mean, it's good casting and all that, but I just didn't think it was funny when it was trying to be funny. I thought no. the dialogue between them didn't really work. It was all very obvious and tele and a lot of telegraph jokes and like. I don't know. I'm just like, I, I don't care about this. Can we get to the part where Santa Claus starts killing people? The family you know? was too much satire for me. The grandma was too mean. She wasn't believable as a person to me. Right. And like, there's no point where you're like, oh, and now she will be good at the end. Yeah. yeah that all really falls flat because of that lack of, yeah. I don't want to say development because it can be like, it doesn't ultimately harm the movie that much, but it could have hit harder if there was a little bit of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A little bit, just the slightest amount of depth well, it's like, to it some felt, of the characters. It felt like they were trying to inject bits of another classic Christmas movie, a cynical Christmas movie, The Ref, right? Mm. With like the guy who's invaded the home, then having to deal with their infighting. Mm. And they toy with that here a little bit, but it just like this needed punch up because yeah. this could have been really funny and, yeah. and well done. And instead it's like, yeah, okay. Let's just get yeah. this out. I mean, there were, I think there were a couple jokes that work. I don't want to spoil them because they're the few ones sure. that work. Yeah. I don't want to like how the audience go annoying. I do, I mean, it might just be my 
adoration for Edie Patterson. She's Wretched Gemstones. It's a great it's, show. It's a great show. And she's like, so, plays a similar, like, obnoxious asshole in that show in this one. And I think everything that she does and says is pretty funny. Hmm. Like, she kind of carries the weight of the comedy, but it'd be nice if there were other characters that could, like, hit that back with well, her and bounce it. Because it really off. tries to focus on, you know, the fact the little girl wants her parents to get back together. And if I felt there was any chemistry between those parents, mm. I, I might have bought it a little. But yeah. it feels like they just met each other. This movie, yeah. you know? I, mean, I wasn't quite sure when they first, in the movie, where they come together. I mean, it's supposed to be playing as, like, there's tension, we've had a rift. But it really does feel like, thanks for picking me up, I was hitchhiking. Like, like, <laughs> like, there's, like, there's not any familiarity. It's really strange. I mean, what this kind of feels like is... I agree with Chris. It could have used a lot of punch up, especially in that first act where it's just introducing the family dynamic and all the characters. It kind of made me think of like, if, if imagine like knives out, you have that family Mm -hmm. dynamic, that Mm -hmm. toxic rich family and everybody's at each other's throats, just not as well done. Mm. And, you know, and the thing is in that movie, no, I mean, spoilers for, you know, a three, four year old movie now, but, you know, a lot of people don't get, or they get what they deserve. Mm-hmm. And here it is kind of a Christmas miracle at the end. We're like, you're all shitty people, but suddenly you believe and now all is forgiven. It's, it's lazy. That part of it is very lazy writing. And it kind of pissed me off because I was liking so much of the rest of this. And I was like, this is, nobody saw that this isn't working. I mean, come on. Like maybe Ryan Johnson would do it just to well, be I generous. Mean, not to, to be it. fair and not to shit on them, to I don't think fair. the writers of the Sonic movies are <laughs> quite to the par as Ryan Johnson. No, we, were that's just, true. we were talking about before the movie about Glass Onions, how like tight that script is. And it's like, no. just not knowing exactly the dynamic of this movie, we were just like, man, he could really fucking write a script. And then, we see yeah. like a very lesser version of a similar family yeah, dynamic. I, that's fair. I just saw, we both just saw that and we're like marveling at how yeah. incredibly tightly constructed Sonic, and well written it Sonic is. Sonic Hedgehog 2? Uh, no, 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 no. Not <laughs> And I did yeah. see the first Sonic and like, you know, I don't know why I saw it because I'm not a video game guy or have a child, but I watched it for some reason. I think it's pandemic times. Not bad. I'm not like yeah. shitting on it. I'm like, in this movie, like the structure that they have is really good and there are some, the, like the action jokes, the comedy that comes from action really work. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because the key here is both the understanding of how to do action cleverly and fun, which is probably a lot to do with the uh, presence of David Leach as a producer, one of the John Wick guys, uh-huh. but also the just like, you know, ob- obvious to the point of Robert Downey Jr. as, as Iron Man casting as David Harbour as like, <laughs> like brutal Santa Claus. Yeah. Like, yes, of course he is. And, and I love the fact <laughs> that, you know, he's not John Wick. He doesn't like, you no. know, no kung fu or anything like that. He doesn't even like guns. He doesn't even know how guns work. Yeah, he doesn't even know they're all guns. You know, <laughs> he's which, like, give me a hammer. Yeah. yeah. He, he's a very simple guy. He has a very simple skill set, but he's good with what he knows how to do. But uh, because it's David Harbour, He's the perfect, he's kind of got this, the lock on these kind of roles where it's like lovable, grumpy dad, probably a little on the drunk side, but he's got that crazy old man strength and he's just a scrapper, <laughs> you know, he's just a burly dude. He's like, I'm not really good at this shit, but I, I'll, I can take a punch and I can throw a few as well. He's I, been alive long enough that he's probably picked up some shit, you yeah. know, and with his backstory, he was a warrior. It's just, he hasn't had to like utilize it in decades eons i don't know um i mean when the warhammer came out in the like you know early thou 10 hundreds uh yeah. the, 
Yeah, that was high tech back then, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he hasn't really developed any new skills. I was to like, come fair, on, Santa. He's been Santa strapped for like, a, what do you say, like 1100 years or whatever. You're like, he hasn't really had much use for those skills for a while. You know, yeah. one would presume that he doesn't have a lot of incursions at the North Pole. Ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh. So for like, if they do like a whole franchise, so we have like this one and then the second one and then the third one he fights the krampus oh sure why not i, I mean, mean i just want salma hayek to be mrs claus that's all i yeah, care about quite that's frankly your, that's, that's your my, mrs claus. that's my pick is salma hayek what i'm is, sticking with it what is the elf situation gonna be like i only ask because i'm slightly biased <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i think it would be hysterical if instead of being tiny little elves they were like lord of the rings elves, and he's just bitching the whole time about how <laughs> tall and much taller than they are it's like Stop speaking in Elvish, and you know I can't understand that. I know you're talking about me. <laughs> it's really just going to be a, a team up with him and Winona Ryder, Aww. and she's going to be a little four and a half foot tall elf, and she'll play all the elves, <laughs> like Deep Roy style, like they did with the Oompa Loompas. They'll just clone her, and she'll be all the elves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Mrs. Claus. We, we're it's going to be really weird at the North Pole. I feel like Winona Ryder and David Harbour definitely had some, like, like in their interviews, they flirted. It was so cute. Oh yeah, there was an adorable chemistry. Between oh them. my god! But but like, I don't want to get too far off track here. Um, <laughs> I will say of all the influences of which there are many, like sort of like combined together in this movie, the one and really in some ways the most obvious one, but not a Christmas one that we haven't talked about is Nobody, which feels oh, yeah. like it has sort of set a new tone in much the way that Die Hard did of people going. Oh, yeah, I kind of want more of that. And nobody itself was kind of a takeoff John Wick, mm-hmm. sure. but it played up the level where instead of being an incredibly handsome, like, you know, an guy, everyday man, like yeah. a guy, he's an everyday schlub going back to the diehard thing, of course, to some level. Yeah, I but love that movie. People really loved it. And this definitely feels like it's nobody, but with, you know, Christmas shit. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It, it's, it has a, I mean, if this is the standard of action movies you're going to get, like, I'm pretty pumped on it. I was talking to another friend right before the screening. I was like, I'm kind of unreasonably excited for this because <laughs> my sweet spot for, like, passive movie watching that I've seen before is just, like, that mid-grade kind of, like, um generic, predictable action movie yeah. mm-hmm. that's just, like, that you just, like, throw on. It's like, oh, I know all the beats of this. And then every once in a while something out of it will surprise you. It's like, oh, that was a pretty good fight. Like, that was a little above tier or like oh that was an interesting sequence you don't see that often but then the rest is just like you just know where it's going and this had the feel of that before and it kind of met those requirements for me we're like mostly you sit there and you kind of understand like the villain the good guy like the way this type of like die hard nobody john wick style thing will flow and like i could just see myself like countless times like oh it's christmas season i think it's gonna get up there with other movies like this like um like Die Hard or Krampus or Rare Exports or one of those uh, yeah. non-traditional Christmas movies that people have in their rotation. Yeah. I think it earns a spot there. Oh, totally. For sure. And yeah. even if it's like so on the nose that that's what it's aiming to be, yeah. that's oh, yeah. fine. Because honestly, there's outside of Die Hard, there's a lot of Christmas horror and and thriller, but there's not a lot of Christmas action. No. And so I'm like, oh, here we go. Here's like, a, here's a, a a slot that my, this yeah. needed. They get Shane Black. I was gonna say, have you forgotten Shane Black's entire filmography? Uh, right. No, <laughs> yeah. to be fair, those are incidentally Christmas. Uh, films. Well, yeah, I agree. On uh, that. I'm the exact opposite of Alan. Like my casual like throw shit on in the background is just like schlock, like horror. And like if I'm gonna watch like an action movie. 
it better be fucking good. Mm. Like, I don't want to waste my time on some, like, low or mid-tier. Like, if I'm going to watch an action movie, it's got to be tops. And I... I really like the sequences in this, but I feel like the cinematography, the camera work was a little too shaky for me. I get really annoyed with like the shaky cam stuff, mm. you know, like if if there's some action going on, I want to see it. I want it to be crisp. I want it to be tight. They did. I was thinking about that, too, actually, Tessa. And I, th- I think and a lot of you notice the, the gore moments were filmed in like sort of shadowed. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because they were just the fighting to kind of keep it to where they could get it out in theaters and people would see it. And because mm-hmm. the kills are graphic and brutal, oh, yeah. but they're also all always done in low light almost every single time i think that also has to do with the fact that look you've seen what david harbour looks like without his shirt off i mean (laughs) you see it in this movie he's not he's been in great shape before here he's playing a fat man he's not fat he's he's pretty average but yeah it's like Turn the lights down, get a stunt man, put a, a you know, Mark, a padded I don't belly. Mark, body shaming. I will see him in full light fighting no, some no, no, people. But I don't say, give a shit. No, no, no he's saying that. I'm saying there's a stunt man. Oh, okay. It's the kind of role that you can easily oh, right. put a beard on a guy, put a little belly on him, yeah. put on the Santa clothes, and, you know, keep the lights low. Because mm. there was a lot of shots where I'm like, I'm pretty sure we have cut to a stunt double. <laughs> also, the okay. studio really wants in every single action movie if they've got a big star for their star not to do this the action scenes because (laughs) it's an insurance issue there are stars who insist upon it weirdly bob odenkirk was one of them which i really surprised the fuck out of me that he's like no no i want to do this but generally speaking it's more common than not to go like okay well we don't want our star to get injured do you how many of his own stunts he did for Mr. Show? I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, that weirdly was all stunt doubles. <laughs> Literally, Bob sure Kirk and David Cross weren't even in that show. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it's the Netflix people calling them up going, if you hurt David Harbour before we shoot Stranger Things 5, I swear we will God. destroy you. <laughs> and I, I think I do sort I. I'm Make on the edge. little fucking movie, but don't hurt him. I'm, I'm on the edge with the cinematography, because that really bugs me, too. I love yeah. a clear... I mean, we're talking like those Indonesian action movies, or obviously like the John Wick ones. Like That's why I was like, let's pull the camera back and watch this choreography. Yeah. It's great. This one, it's all in the editing, and the shaky camera isn't too bad. I have like a... I don't know exactly where my limit is, but my barometer starts to go up. Yeah. And when I get past the point, it's like, this movie sucks because mm. of that shaky cam. And this one, it was going, there, but there was enough was of like on the cusp. clear shots of violence, like yeah. good edits with things going in people or a head hitting something where like the action was clear on, um, like, um, punctuation moments. Yeah. Where like it, it kept it, it kept it in the, my zone. Wherever that zone is, it, it was hitting You're that right. mark. Yeah. Well, why don't you go on into your final thoughts, Alan? Um, yeah, I, Disagree a little bit with some of the, I, I really did not like the backstory stuff as much. I, I kind of, I think it would work better and cleaner if it was just like whatever myth, mythological Santa we have in our heads and not kind of like ground him in any type of before. Or like, I don't know. That stuff, I feel like where the movie weighs down the most in that middle point. There's a point where like she's talking with Santa and she convinces him you could do it. And then something a little happens and then she talks to Santa again and convinces him he could do it. And that backstory is kind of in there. I think it's because they had to like find that time for him to like get into that backstory. I don't know that it weighed the movie down hmm. really. And I honestly like, I mean, I, if, I like this enough. If a sequel happens, I'm there for it, but this feels like a perfect one and done for me. Having said that, it's a, I really, I judge all movies on what they're setting out to do. And this movie, like almost like if the family dynamic was better, would be perfect. 
for what it set out to do. Yeah. So I'm like pretty high on it. Like I think it's an eight, eight and a half out of ten baby Jesus has used as weapons. <laughs> Tessa. I have news for you, Alan. Oh, baby what? Jesus has always been. Yeah, that's <laughs> totally fair. He's been weaponized for a long time. But no one's like picked him up and hit someone over the head with him. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, maybe. maybe. I don't want to talk about my... Uh, <laughs> Look, we don't was, talk about the manger incident. It was 1982, Alan, okay? And it was my first time drinking like communal wine. <laughs> anyway, Tessa. Uh, yeah, I want to say this is probably the most wholesome... And the most gory film I have seen this year. Um, and that's saying something. Uh, the way they towed the line on that with that sort of duality, uh, I fucking love it. I, I like going into a horror genre action film and having some of my expectations subverted in a lot of ways. Like, I went into this being like, well, this could be a fun time. This could be ridiculous and madcap and, you know puns and Christmassy deaths abound, but I really wasn't expecting like how kind of wholesome it was going to be. And I was like, <laughs> did it give you the feels? I, you know, a little bit, you know, I'm getting sentimental in my old age. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, David Harbour was amazing as, as a curmudgeonly Santa who is jaded by, you know, contemporary society and what children are asking for Christmas these days. And, um, and sort of the aspects that are definitely pulled from Die Hard are amazing. Die Hard is a Christmas movie in my household. Do not say otherwise. <laughs> I have some Die Hard Christmas ornaments I can make you guys. I have some stuff uh, in in a craft box somewhere. Anyways, um, <laughs> I am along with Alan. I'm going to give this like it's like an 8, 8.5 um, out of 10. Ooh, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? Oh, gosh. Um, sociopathic employees who don't know when to chill the fuck out and not get <laughs> themselves killed. Marco? I mean, I'm kind of split in between uh, Alan and Tessa. Uh, I and, and a little bit with you, Chris. I It had more feels than I thought it was going to have. Mm -hmm. It does have a lot of heart. It does have some great kills, and it does have some fat and some padding, and I'm not talking just about David Harbour's fat suit. I mean, there are some moments where I'm like, this drags on a little bit too long, or this conclusion doesn't feel really earned, uh, but it's so close to kind of being a classic in its own right. And I was very happy with this. I had a lot of fun with it. I just see the flaws, but I think kind of to Alan's point, flaws and all, it's probably the kind of thing you're going to watch Every year or two, you know, around this time when someone goes, hey, I'm really tired of Miracle on 34th Street and I don't want to see It's a Wonderful Life again. You know, you got some weird alternative Christmas movies and I'm like, yes, it's called The Silent Partner or maybe Cash on Demand. But then <laughs> after we get to a three or four others, I'll go, you know what? Let's watch Violent Night. You're going to have a good time. And you'll even get a little bit of the uh, Christmas spirit in you, I promise. I give this... Eight out of ten sharpened candy canes. You know, it's a friend of mine. Speaking of that, a friend of mine uh, was there as well, and he didn't care for this at all. And, uh, <laughs> like, really disliked it. And he's like, oh, man, everything. And it was so telegraphed. And all the action scenes and the stuff was telegraphed. I'm like, yeah, it should have been. Yeah, I think you're missing the point there. Because <laughs> every kill is with some sort of Christmassy item. And, yes, the moment you see it, as an action movie fan, you're like, 
oh man, they're going to kill him with that. Yeah. Awesome. Everything is Chekhov's film. Like, yeah. Chekhov's candy cane. Chekhov's yeah. ice cane. Exactly. Chekhov's, yeah, Chekhov's uh, bowling balls. Yeah. Chekhov's like, Anybody who's nice, you're like, oh, they're not going to make it. Yeah. Sweet summer child. Uh, I'm just like, yeah, that's what, th- that's how they, they did that on purpose. That was not like bad writing. That was like, yes, because that's what you wanted. You were like, oh man, I can't wait to see somebody get killed with this Christmassy thing. And you'll get it because people get killed with a lot of Christmassy things. In fact, there's some kills here that were even even made me go oh god (laughs) there were two in particular and i will not spoil them that were like highlights they they go down in like the history of oh yeah and like the the big as you called it money shot kill of the film is one of the most delightful (laughs) christmas murders in the (laughs) history of christmas murders (laughs) that's my new hulu show only delightful christmas murders (laughs) in the building uh i did really have a problem like i said with the family i just thought they were just totally wildly uninteresting the like i didn't care about any of them and it's just it was egregiously lazy how they like their transfer to the end point i just didn't i wouldn't have cared if they had killed all of them except the little girl quite frankly you know and the little girl's great she's got the right energy for it she's the one that is the heart of the movie like you know yes that was good you know she's the as you said marco the cop in the car and die hard yeah. you know that also is kind of the heart of that movie yeah. you know and she ultimately, fulfills that ultimately role you need three characters to really work is you need the villain mm-hmm. santa and a little girl and they all work and they all work and they all work uh, most of the other side killers here feel like they're about to be more interesting than they ever really mm-hmm. are most of them are like oh there looks like this is gonna go somewhere that's gonna be fun and it never really does it's like yeah that's fine they're kind of caricatures of action movie bad guy stereotypes whatever ultimately as we said it doesn't matter this is a film that delivers exactly on the stuff you came to see regardless of all that and it will be in lots and lots of people's heavy christmas rotation from here till the end of time probably um yeah i mean good on them for for making the filling in that niche here that needed to get filled i'm gonna give it eight out of ten uh, guys blowing up that, I'm sorry, Santa's just got to turn around and watch. <laughs> I gotta see this. I gotta look. <laughs> so nice. 